0: Welcome to my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. And it's your host, Dr. Vignesh Devraj. Today, the guest in my podcast is Nidhi Pandya from New York, United States of America. And Nidhi Pandya, she's raised in Mumbai, and she is a granddaughter of an Ayurvedic healer from India. And she's someone who is practicing authentic Ayurveda in Mumbai and also in New York, United States. She writes in various Ayurvedic journals, and she also conducts various Ayurvedic workshops around the world. How I got to know her, I saw some of the posts in her Instagram feed where she was posting some of the authentic Ayurvedic uh, guidelines in something that the modern man can use it in a very simplistic way, which is something quite rare because you see today a lot of posts which is tagged with Ayurveda, which rarely has anything to do with Ayurveda. So I was really impressed by the content that she was posting in Instagram with various things that was quoted by some of the authentic scriptures, which are not so easy to decipher for a Western mind. So Niti, I'm so happy to have you in my podcast and today we are going to talk about what, how we can incorporate some of the healthy Ayurvedic rituals in today's quarantine and lockdown days. Welcome to have you here, Niti.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Vignesh. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So Niti, how is life in New York today with all this pandemic that is happening?
1: It is unusual, <laughs> Vignesh, uh, of course. Yeah, it's thrown us into uncertainty, but I would say with every uncertainty comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. So while what is happening, it's sad. I also recognize that it is the cycle of nature. It's the cycle of the universe. The best way we can handle this is see the opportunity in this unpredictable phase.
0: Exactly. And uh, recently I saw some of your posts where you're talking about what are the steps we can use it? Because this is a great opportunity to work on your health and to improve your immune system because what the modern medicine is completely saying is this is something beyond our capacity. There is no vaccination yet. So you will have to depend on isolation and focus on your immune system. So and Ayurveda mm-hmm. is one of the best sciences that can help us to get back to our immune system, the vitality and the soldiers So could you share some of the rituals which a western mind can follow in their flats and apartments where they are completely locked down
1: absolutely so and and vignesh like i just want to before we actually even get into that right so first firstly right the great part about ayurveda is we can understand the ayurveda has the ability to understand any disease condition whether new or old because we understand disease conditions not as the condition but as the Lakshana that it's manifesting allows us to see or as the symptoms that have been manifesting, the symptoms allow us, uh, the causes and the symptoms allow us to look deeper and understand where this is coming from. Right. And I think this is one of the reasons why Ayurveda has feels much more confident when it, when it comes to this whole new COVID situation, because we can look at it a little bit differently. And then, when it comes to talking about immunity right so firstly it 's firstly recognizing that we use this time to create an ashram life to create a monastery for ourselves at our home because that 's literally what we are doing. we're doing we 're creating this little safe retreat yes. and uh, again, when it comes to to covid right it 's a respiratory disorder, it affects your lungs, it goes through your throats, throat, and nasal passages so of course, that is the region that is the neighborhood that you really want to look after, that you want to really keep cleansed and keep strong. Ayurveda has this concept of, of the vulnerable part of your body, the weakest part will get attacked. Wherever, wherever there is a lack, that part is very easy for, you know, it's very easy for disease to manifest there. So in the case of COVID, that happens to be this whole region and we're going to look after this region. Luckily, Ayurveda has a lot of daily rituals that you can very, very easily perform that can help you to do this. So if I have to give somebody a very simple checklist as to what, you know, some of the things that they should be doing on a daily basis, I would say that definitely take a little bit of steam if you can every day. Uh, And you can put a little bit of caraway seeds or eucalyptus in your steam, just kind of inhale steam, so you can keep that whole area fumigated. Gargle with salt and turmeric. So you take hot water with turmeric and salt and gargle with that. So gargling with that literally disinfects and sanitizes the whole throat region. It keeps it, keeps it very clear. Uh, the third thing that I would say is to do a pranayam or a breathing practice called, called alternate nostril breathing. And while the benefits of alternate nostril breathing go way beyond just your lungs, it goes deep into your nervous system and other spiritual, it has other spiritual advantages. In our case here, the practice of alternate nostril breathing and holding your breath is actually going to strengthen the muscles in your lungs. It's actually physical therapy for your lungs. So that is something that we definitely want to keep alive. The other thing that we should really focus on is eating according to the cycle of the sun. So I feel like what the one thing that's been happening, Vignesh, is because people are home, they're eating, they're eating at all hours, they're eating all the time. Mm -hmm. And people seldom, seldom realize what a big problem this can be, because the truth is, your digestion has the potential. Digestion or the lack of it really has the potential to keep you in balance or take you completely off balance. Mm -hmm. So let's keep that on track. And one of the best ways to keep that on track is let's mimic how the sun functions in the universe. We digest best when the sun is at its highest, right? So I would suggest no more than two and a half, three meals, which would mean a a a decent breakfast, a good, good lunch, and a light dinner. And then, of course, if you want to indulge a little bit, you can have a small snack somewhere in between. But really, as human beings, that's all we need. And when you're eating, when you're consuming these foods, to, of course, keep them wholesome. Now, when I say wholesome, I would say consume only warm foods, right? Uh, We are warm-blooded. Your body has to work very hard to come back to homeostasis or that right temperature when we consume cold foods. So warm foods, whole grains, cooked vegetables, always with good spices. Now, when I say good spices, depending on wherever you live, we can use spices such as cinnamon, cloves, bay leaf. If you can get cumin, if you can get turmeric, if you can get ginger, great. Whatever you can get your hands on. A good spice is something that doesn't feel very spicy to the tongue, but is still a spice. That is a good spice for the most part. And to be able to use all of these in your foods, and what these spices do is they really help your food to break down, but they also help your digestive environment to stay nice and warm. At the same time, to not skimp on fat in your food, to keep that fat, because you know, I keep going back to this concept these days that your body has a warm, moist environment. When you eat foods which have good spice and good fat, you're recreating, you're kind of maintaining that warm, moist environment inside. So not to skimp on that as well and to consume these foods according to the cycle of the sun. And like my other, other favorite practice is drinking warm tea throughout the day. You know, so I personally fill a flask in the morning and whatever you can find, right? Even if you put a pinch of dried ginger, you want to put a pinch of turmeric. If you don't find anything, you can just throw in a clove there, whatever you can. But spicing that water, firstly, heating it makes it a little bit lighter, warming it makes it lighter. And then again, cold water will actually go anything cold in this time. What it's going to do is going to allow for phlegm to accumulate in your nasal passages in your throat and possibly in your chest wherever there is phlegm the chances of the disease pathology are much higher it can hold on to those minute organisms if that is what you know if that is the line of thought it can attract that invite that disease much much easier than you know if you had something warm or you and you took steam and you kind of are constantly clearing those passages i would say the other thing that i would say i know there's already i've given a lot of suggestions and i feel like whatever which would you know as many as we can do is good but the one last thing that i would suggest is if you have a neti practice that you are familiar with and you've been doing this is not a bad time to reintroduce that again once in even once in three four days and if you are familiar with nasya which is you know, which can be done actually every day. It's a daily regimen. It's perfectly safe to do a drop of nasya, which is a medicated oil put in your nostrils every single day. So traditionally, nasya again, has a lot of other benefits, you know, for your hair, for your brain, for your nervous health. But it also does a fantastic job of really opening up your sinuses and nasal passages. So, how you know, constantly keep coming back to how do I keep this region really clean? you know, really strong by these practices? And how do I keep my digestion as well in the right place? And I think when, when these two are done systematically and daily, uh, it's very hard then for the disease to really do a full manifestation, even if you were, let's say, to be exposed.
0: So would you uh, recommend this gargling
1: Yes, so, that, so that's what I said. My, my second thing was the hot water gargle, right? The second recommendation I had is taking hot water. And I, let me explain this a little bit more, right? So you can do this even four times a day. And I would say take half a cup of hot water, put half a teaspoon of, or not, not half a teaspoon, but put a little less than half a teaspoon because turmeric is strong. So you can put one fourth teaspoon or you can start with less if that's not even your comfort zone of turmeric in it put a little bit of Himalayan salt, about one fourth teaspoon, mix it well in that hot water. Um, Of course, it shouldn't burn you, but it should be hot enough, not warm. And then you kind of take it in your throat and gargle and spit it out. And even if you were to just do five each time, and you were to do it at four different points in the day, or even two different points in the day, that itself really increases the immune, you know, increases the strength of that region, disinfects and sanitizes your throat, and then we all know, especially with this new COVID, that that's where it kind of really likes to make its home, you know, it's in the throat region. But you're already protecting your army is stronger than the enemy, and that is the idea you want to maintain throughout this period: is how do I strengthen my army so that I'm not the enemy is weak. You know, as of now, we're hiding in our forts, you know, the, the whole concept of social distancing and isolation, which is important. I understand that. Uh, but not with the fear of hiding in our fort. Let's stay in our fort. Let's stay in the cave if you want to, but let's keep ourselves prepared and let's get that army going. And these are the few things that, you know, are easy enough, doesn't matter where in the world you're living, but these are things that anybody can do very, very easily.
0: I really like the part when you said that, you know, today we are so focused on washing the hands and sanitization of the hands. Don't touch this, don't touch that. But we are rarely told that sanitizing your throat and your nostril, this is where the entry of this thing can happen. So sanitizing that part is equally important as you are like washing your hands.
1: Exactly, exactly. In fact, so much more, right? Because uh, sanitizing your hands. I mean, this is, the, it's not even where it's making the home sanitizing your hands is making like a fence in, the, you know, 10, 10, miles ahead of your city. You're making a boundary, but let's get closer to home. Let's create our defenses where they really need to be. And you can do the do it. And then you can be much more carefree and much more brave. And you can do both, right? By all means, I'm not saying don't do both, but you can do both. I would say this, is, this feels much more important to me as an Ayurvedic practitioner.
0: Exactly. And uh, so like you said, you know, uh, it will always hit the weakest link. That's there, the saying, chain is the strongest at its weakest link. So mm. this, this is the area where we really need to protect and by sanitizing that part, you are in fact, and also if you look at people who get this constant sore throat or um, tonsillitis, and there are also studies saying that when you constantly have dry throat, there is a possibility of a lot of microbes being stuck in your throat. So gargling, nasyam and this, uh, you know, nasyam is where you use the saline water through your nostril and then you cleanse that pot, even neti pot using neti. This is one of the fantastic aspects that we have to bring into the modern lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. And you know what the best part about this is Vinesh is all of this can be done On a daily basis, it does not have to be limited to your period in this COVID retreat. Mm -hmm. We can take this beyond. In fact, this is a great opportunity to inculcate these practices. And none of them take more like I keep my nasiyam oil right near my bedside. So it's literally when I'm half in that state of half asleep, half awake. I put one drop each in both my nostrils, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. Also, when you adopt a breathing practice like a pranayama, like an alternate nostril breathing, for example, you will begin, and you're doing nasyam. You will begin to notice right how much your nasal passages then open up, how different your breathing is, and I think people miss that completely. You know, Vignesh, I feel your breathing equalizing your breathing, even temporarily through your left nostril and your right nostril. How important is that? Because they both carry completely different energies. Now, today, people in the West have done studies and they are realizing that, you know, there is a, there is a masculine energy and a feminine energy or, you know, your left hemisphere works differently and your right hemisphere different, works differently, right? And our ancient practices really understood this concept very, very deeply back, you know, how many centuries ago. And they gave us such great tools sitting at our home to be able to practice, to balance those energies, to balance your lung power in both, to balance your brain power in both sides. So I feel like these practices, the, the impact and the value of them should never be underestimated. And this is a great time to do that, to really practice those
0: Exactly. And the funny thing is, it's not just something that you need to do it just because there is a coronavirus pandemic. I mean, f- about 500,000 people died in the last few years just because of influenza, or 50,000 people died just in the United States because of influenza, which is something also to do with the uh, excess mucus and respiratory disorders. So, this is something today with a highly mucus producing food that we eat, you know, with the milk. Million- mm sugar, with gluten. We cannot afford to live without doing these daily rituals. Just like we go and brush the teeth and wash our hands and take shower. I think these are two areas like nasium and gargling with the salt and other things. This is something that we have to bring it into part of our daily life. This is like we could consider this as the the greatest vaccination that we have currently for all this virus outbreak. (laughs)
1: You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I think remembering that we are consuming, we are inhaling or intaking anything from the environment through our nostrils, through our mouth and through our digestive systems. Mm -hmm. You know, that is really where we come in contact with anything from the outside world. And of course, our skin as well is definitely as much as a place of consumption. But when it comes to these disorders that we see so much of, it's definitely your nose, mouth, and your digestive system, you know, and uh, again, like you said, keeping that respiration as well as your digestive system. And I feel hot water again, you know, the concept of hot teas is a very, it's a concept mentioned in Ayurveda of hot water, of hot tea several times, and it has several benefits. And again, that's also one of those things which helps not only your nasal passages and throat but also helps your digestive system and you know vignish the, the way i like to see, say this as well right it's like cold water will constrict your capillaries and channels and won't really hydrate you right because now they're blocked yes because cold water just goes and blocks everything it contracts everything shuts down those channels because of contraction but hot water expands everything and now that water can seep through and hydrate you much better it can go and warm everything. Just the concept of coming back to the warmth and moisture that your body needs. And moisture doesn't mean over-the-top right? It's the right level of moisture. It can't be like you said. There's so many things that so many things occur because of excessive dryness. You, your body cannot be excessively dry, you know, like a desert. It cannot be excessively moist like a place with a tropical storm which has mold and slime and grime. It has to be just the right weather where things can grow and bloom like flora and fauna. And that weather really generally is warm and moist without being humid. And that's the balance we have to come back to constantly.
0: Actually, people think, you know, when we say uh, drink hot water, they think what's the big deal with hot water? In fact, uh, the first chapter of... uh, Chikil Sastana, we were in one of the textbooks called Ashtanga Hridayam, where they were talking about how to treat fever. You know, fever in general, the first medicine that is told for fever is fasting and the second one is hot water. And the reason why they say hot water, because like, you know, one of the examples that I would give is, Let's say you want to wash some plates with, which has some leftover with sticky stuff. Even if you don't have detergent, just with hot water, you're able to wash it with mm-hmm. all the sticky stuff there. Because hot water melts the mucus that is stuck in your body. And mm-hmm. this, this is so therapeutic and people think, okay, what's the big deal with hot water? Hot water is so powerful today, especially in this respiratory disorders. Because in respiratory disorders, the greatest enemy is the mucus that is being produced. So when Mm -hmm. we can have an antidote for the mucus producing tendency in the body, the best is hot water. So it's great that you brought this. And today we have this tea, you know, British went and colonized many parts of the world just to get tea because tea helps them to warm up their body. And with hot water and the herbs that they put inside, it warms up their body. So that is why hot water is so important in Ayurvedic uh, medicine. So it's quite interesting how you brought that up, especially for... A highly kafa producing, the mucus producing lifestyle that we live, hot water is a great boon that we have today.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and 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 like you said, right? It's like when your pipes are clogged, you're never gonna, you know, you're gonna drain it with hot water. When your dishes are bad, hot water is gonna help to break it down. So yeah, Uh, and it's really underrated, and it's something that's available everywhere to everybody. Uh, these are such easy things to practice. Uh, and that's why we want to keep bringing them back to the awareness of the world today that let's, let's adopt these practices. And, you know, Vignesh, I'm sure you see this all the time that within a couple of weeks, two, three weeks of people adopting these practices, they're feeling differently. They're eliminating better. They're breathing better. I mean, these are two things you can see. You don't need to get a blood test to see those, right? You're sleeping better. You're eliminating better and you're breathing better. And I think those are the first three measures to see if something that you've shifted in your lifestyle or diet has worked for you or not.
0: That's... Uh, and one thing that you mentioned about this um, alternative nostril breathing and the pranayama, you were mentioning about when we do this, our lungs get strong. So if you notice people who are into cycling uh, competitions, they assess their capacity with one word called as... Um, vital capacity Mm -hmm. the word vital capacity literally means their lung capacity and their lung capacity is depends i mean that will dictate your ability of your stamina your endurance your vitality and your overall um, fitness so that's what in another way when your lung capacity is better in order to have your lung capacity better you need to have open nostrils i mean it's not to be blocked So when your vital capacity is great, your overall immune system is fantastic. So all this, the the therapies that we mentioned today, it is one of the greatest antidote for the mucus that our body is producing and to improve the immune system and to make us just breathe, relax and to feel free. That's absolutely that we have to bring in more and more into people's lifestyles.
1: Absolutely, Vignesh. And I think this is such a great time Really, I know I keep repeating this because I truly believe that this can, this can change. This will change all our lives. Right now, we just want to make sure it changes our lives for in in this way forever.
0: I mean, this pandemic this just woke us up again, telling that you can't depend on a flu shot or a vaccine therapy that's going to come out. Of course, vaccination changed the way we live. I mean, many of the diseases in the past uh, decades and centuries got eradicated. However, there is a limit to that. There is nothing greater than the immunity that is in our body. The immunity is the greatest pharmacy that is Mm -hmm. ever devised on this planet. So we have to focus more on that. And what would you recommend? I love that.
1: I I, I really love that, what you said, right? That uh, the reminder of that our immunity is stronger. It's such a great reminder that we are not invincible with these vaccines. Exactly. I mean,
0: uh, even if they get a vaccine, by the time the vaccine comes out, the virus is mutated and it becomes a completely new thing.
1: Basically. And you know, the one thing people forget, right, Vignesh, is just how nature has designed for us to survive and the survival of the fittest. Even all of these viruses, they also have their inbuilt survival mechanism. So the, the more we attack them with our vaccine, they are going to become smarter and they're going to mutate in a way that is going to come back harder and stronger. That's just because it's the design of nature. Everybody is built for survival.
0: Exactly. Survival of the fittest. Mm. That's a powerful statement. And in today, one, another thing, along with this uh, the COVID-19, one thing that we see is the rise of anxiety disorders. Mm. And what would you recommend as a ritual that can help us become immune to this uh, anxious thought patterns? Especially right. Especially
1: and I'm so course, glad you brought that
0: up. Exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Sorry, finish. I think I cut you off you know, uh, what you were saying.
0: You know, especially people who are stuck in the apartments and they don't have so much ability to go out and we have time in the nature. So, uh, of course, this is temporary. After a few weeks, this is all going to change and the world is going to get back to its normal way. But maybe we are in a better, more responsible uh, citizens of this planet, but for now, for the next few weeks, how are we going to handle the anxiety when we are stuck in a jail kind of a conditions?
1: Right, absolutely, and you know that's extremely important. Again, that's very, very important to your immunity. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, Ayurveda, right? It has the first one of the first things it says, right, is all diseases start with the mind. You know, it's all from raga. You know, yes. Basically everything starts from your mind. So if you cannot have your mind in the right place, functioning in the right place, you're already compromising your immunity. We've known that now uh, through scientific Western research as well, that when you're anxious and you're in fight and flight mode, your body is producing cortisol. Now cortisol is literally a transmitter, which the direct effect is lowering your immunity. It, it just, when people go in for a kidney transplant or a lung transplant, they're given cortisol so that their immunity is lowered so that the new kidney is not attacked. So every time we're anxious and we go into that mode, we're producing cortisol in our bodies. Um, so that being said, protecting our mental state is as important as all of these rituals that you mentioned. Now, the first thing I would say is understanding changing that shift in mindset that this is not a jail. It's not a confinement. It is a retreat for general, for it's a monastery life for generations before ours. Right now, even in the West, when people think about going to India, right, there is this, I see that there's this romantic imagination of going to a retreat and taking time to ourselves and rediscovering ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have the chance to do that. And to make, to really feel at home, in your own home, how many of us have taken the time to do that? Without that mindset shift, I think if we are going to just try and work on anxiety with either say substances or practices, it's not going to work because you're running away from a very basic concept that we need to face. So let's face that firstly, right? That it's not the end of the world, we're not here forever. Let's look at it as a monastery. And the minute you do that, something shifts. Again, of course, then you can go back to certain practices. And I think, you know, one of those things is wake up and treat it like a normal day. So I just recently did a post on that, right? Mm -hmm. Don't use this time to while away. Use it to do something for yourself. For example, adding these daily rituals. Get ready, get dressed like you would on a normal day. You know, Ayurveda is also big. When you read the daily rituals, uh, which is called the Dinacharya, what we see, it talks about getting ready, you know, wearing clean clothes, using sugandhi or perfumed substances. Because at the end of the day, when you're living in the sensory world, we do a balanced amount of things to not... Hurt our senses. Just how we don't like clutter around our uh, around our living space. Even this, we should treat our body like our living space. Honor it. Just how we don't like a dirty couch and a dirty bed. Let's do the same thing with our bodies. You know. So taking that shower early in the morning. Doing, uh, doing that. Also mantra chanting. Any kind of mantra, right? Whether you're doing Om or you are if, if there's another mantra that you like those are very grounding practices when you're anxious sometimes it's harder to go into a deeper meditation mm-hmm. but it's much easier to adopt a mantra so wake up do your daily practices take a bath do a mantra chanting and if you choose to do a meditation you know pick a meditation which is more visual you know where you can imagine visualize even if you can even if you just want to sit and visualize a beautiful beach that you want to go to or you've been to You want to visualize a place where you feel safe. When you can't go to that, let us bring it to us. Because your mind actually doesn't know the difference. Like your mind is, you can fool your mind. You know, sometimes we think of the death of a loved one, for example, and you can start crying because your mind cannot tell the difference. You can fool your mind that you're somewhere else being in your own home. And usually our mind is really not where it is. So, you know, allow yourself to do a little visualization for your future. The other things that I can suggest is play music in your environment. You know, whether it's classical music, whether it's soft music, maybe at times you want to play upbeat music, have that. Use some aromatherapy. And the ones that I really recommend is lavender, bergamot, and frankincense. These are three uh, three, three aromas that I know to really uplift your mood. And think about what you really look forward to in the future. Now, the other thing... That really helps, Vignesh, is exercising, right? Because we're in the confinement of our home. It's hard to move. Not everybody has access to a backyard. I know I do, but I see a lot of my friends who don't, who live in, a, who live in cities and apartments. But get moving. Luckily, today, there is so much available online videos, whether it's yoga. Yoga really helps because it coordinates the breath with the body. So it automatically puts you in a parasympathetic mode. But exercise does a great deal to break a nervous, break the circuit of the nervous system when it's in anxiety mode. So make sure you get to move a little bit. Journal your feelings even. And one of the most beautiful things that we have in Ayurveda called abhyanga, which means self oil massage. Massaging yourself every day because people are missing human touch, right? With the social distancing, mm-hmm. we're missing human touch. We're missing hugging others. It's something that's very important, very inherent need of us. Give yourself that human touch through a self-massage. And you can find, if you type in Abhyanga you know, on YouTube, you can find many videos of Ayurvedic self-massage. And it's really nourishing for your nerves. It's really, again, very good for your immunity because like we said, you consume through your nose, mouth, digestive system, and skin. It is really food nourishment for your skin. So these are the ways that we can honor your ourselves. And of course, make sure that you get a full night of sleep. You know, let's not take this time to just stay up and watch TV and let's go to bed on time and get that full night of sleep. Let's, let's keep our game the best we can so that when we come out, right, the thought of how are we going to present ourselves to the world when this is over? To me, that's a very inspiring thought. How am I going to, and when I say present myself to the world, doesn't mean to people. Who am I going to become at the end of this? Is a very inspiring thought for me. And I hope that it can inspire somebody else as well and keep all of these regimens in place so you can keep your mind game and your body game at its best that it's ever been.
0: That's really simple and very powerful, actionable inputs. So it's interesting you said about the word mantra. In fact, Uh, if you look at the etymology of the sanskrit word mantra it has two phonetical sounds that is man and tra the word tra literally means to protect and the man means your mind so mantra Mm -hmm. is a you know know, ritual to protect yourself from your monkey mind so when you chant this Mm -hmm. you get out of your loop of where it is there is a downward spiral of things are going to go wrong and How am I going to handle this financial distress? This coronavirus is going to create and who's going to look after? There's no toilet paper available. People are going into a downward spiral today and definitely something like mantra. And it's interesting you said about this visualization. There is uh, a neurosurgeon who says, our brain cannot literally differentiate a vivid imagination and the reality. When you, whatever you visualize it very explicitly, our nervous system takes it as the reality. So the more we are able to chant this mantra and to get into this visualized positive mode, we come out of it. You know, it's all about uh, how we see and what perspective. Like you say, we can either look for, you don't have to travel all the way to India for this monastery. You can do it in your home. You just need to have a change in your perspective.
1: Mm.
0: Fantastic how you put in all this.
1: Yeah. And I love that actually the etymology of mantra is lovely. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that
0: the word tra literally means to protect and that's how also the word uh, the triangle you know the word the three or in many languages mm. three. The third word is like in a geometry the third one protects the first two like in a geometry triangle so it's mm. the third one protects. so tra is means to protect yourself and mantra means to protect yourself from mind mind
1: that's beautiful. That is so beautiful, and it's such a simple way to come back to, you know, without without auto suggestions, without all of that, because all of those work, but they're in the very peripheral part of your mind, very conscious part of your mind. But there's something deeper about things like mantra.
0: Yes. See, the, every word that we use, it has an energy, and our energy is a result of the words we use constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you use something positive, that's going to be the energy that we're going to radiate. And if you use something quite negative or self destructive, that's immediately show up on our face. So,
1: absolutely,
0: you have to be conscious about the words we choose, just like the way we are conscious about should I touch this, should I not touch this. The words are also, you know, you need to have a mental sanitization with the words to also hear. <laughs>
1: so true. And, you know, Vignesh, what I'd like to mention again a little bit more here is that. Uh, all words have sound vibration and Sanskrit is a beautiful language where it's kind of solely created on the vibration the words have Mm -hmm. and especially the mantras. And it's such a huge resource, you know, it's a free resource. Our, Our Vedas, our textbook, ancient scriptures were amazing to give us these amazing resources. And, you know, there is a reason why, the word for mother in every culture of the world is, it's something to do with ma. It's either a ma, ma, mother, because that is that sound vibration that little being is living in. You know, that is that protective sound for that little being. It's not because it's the easiest sound to produce with your mouth, but that is a connection it makes with that, the safest sound for them. And that's how even om is, that ma that comes about. And everything, every sound has a, energetic field to it an energetic connotation and it's of course it's much deeper and it's very profound but it's something that we can use very easily
0: absolutely the word every you know everything is energy that we talk about even quantum physics talks about the energy of everything the big bang theory it all started with the sound and from the sound everything was created so this is quite interesting that we have to not just sanitization in the physical part, even mental sanitization with choosing the right words, the right mantras, the right visualization, the right thoughts, all of this put together. I think we'll have a beautiful time to recover from this quarantine, which we can actually use this as a self-retreat. People, when I ask them, what, uh, why can't you read that book? Why can't you learn this? They say, oh, I don't have time. And Now we have no excuse to say we don't have time. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's like all of those—the list of all of those things you would do if you had the time. It's now the time to bring out that list, really.
0: Exactly. That was really interesting, Nidhi. So, thank you so much for the inputs that you've put. It was. No, uh... yeah, and
1: thank you for your insights, Vignesh. Very useful. I love the the mantra etymology. I'm going to store that one in my mind. Thank you.
0: So for all the listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they get to know more about the work that you do?
1: So the best way to do Vignesh is for them to follow me on Instagram, because that's where I'm most active. And my Instagram handle is my underscore Ayurvedic, A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-I-C underscore life. So it's my Ayurvedic life. That's my Instagram handle. And, uh, that also has my website listed. It's the easiest place to find me.
0: Sure, I will be I mean, writing your bio and my uh, details about this podcast.
1: Okay, perfect, Vignesh.
0: That was fantastic. And uh, thank you for all the listeners. And
1: Thank you, Vignesh.
0: Thank you so much, Niti.
1: All right.